0: Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay Goodman. I'm a certified trauma recovery coach, and I'm also a survivor of abuse in a queer relationship. I'm here to help you figure out what's really going on in your relationship to help get you out and on the road to recovery. Today, I'm going to talk to you about how abusive people will tell on themselves and how it's very hard to understand it at the time. But a lot of times you'll look back and remember something that they said to you, something that was like a dead giveaway. And later on, like so many things with coercive control and covert abuse, you have that aha moment of like, oh my gosh, they literally told me what was actually going on at the time, right? I'm going to give a couple examples. These are, again, very covert examples. Most of the things I talk about are covert to where when you're listening to this, if you haven't been through this, you're going to be like, that's not really anything. Why are you talking about that? But in reality... These tiny little things are part of a big picture and it all equates to abuse. Before we dive in, I'm going to talk about my struggles and successes. Um, A struggle is that I haven't recorded an episode for a little while and so I don't have a lot on the queue. Usually I record several episodes ahead um, just so I always know that we're good, we're covered and I've been recording lately. Life has been super busy. It was one of those times where I know I talked about this a couple weeks ago. It was supposed to slow down and here we are. I feel like I'm just holding on for dear life. And so this morning I sat down to start recording and I tried like three times and was like, nope, that's not the one or nope. I've already talked about that before. Like I started recording about um, how we a lot of times think it was the best sex we've ever had, but in reality it wasn't. And then I just happened to see, um, like I had my YouTube on in the background. I was like, oh, I've already talked about this. So check that off the list. can have a little list here of, um, you can't see that, but I have a list of topics I want to cover with all of you. And so then I was like, no, I'll do this one. No, I'll do this one. And I was like, man, I'm not feeling that one. So sometimes it can be really rough. You know, I don't like to be really strict with my schedule or planning. I like to have these ideas. Sometimes I work from something that's not on this list at all because something will pop into my head. A memory, or maybe I'll make a quick video on one of my socials or something. And I'm like, you know what, let's dive into that a little bit more. Um, but for me talking about this really has to be a natural thing. It can't be something forced. It can't be scripted, which is why it really wouldn't work for me to be like a big production podcast where someone else is writing my script and someone else is telling me what to talk about. Cause I can't do it. Like I just can't make it happen when it's like that. It doesn't flow for me. Um, and it's weird. So anyway, a little bit of a weird start for me this morning, but we're gonna get it done. We're here. We're gonna talk about it. Um, my success is that I had a really wonderful um, four day weekend. We just had like the Thanksgiving holiday in the United States. If you whether or not you celebrate Thanksgiving, a lot of places were closed, so a lot of us had work off, had school off, and everything like that. So I got to spend some really good um, time with my son. And we had some good time at home. We had some um, really just much needed time to reset and be together and do nothing but also spend some quality time with friends um, and so on. Would you believe that I forgot what I was going to talk about? Okay. Okay. You know, no, I do have ADHD. I'm diagnosed with ADHD and I am really all over the place all the time. So this is normal for me. You are on this ride with me. We're talking about how abusive people tend to tell on themselves. Okay. So one example I will give you is that, um, I don't know, I guess before I dive in, I want to tell you that a lot of times when you first meet uh, an abusive person, they'll tell on you and and or display ways that they're going to abuse you later. Um, So for example, like we know that in the beginning, the love bombing is a big thing. So they're going to love bomb you. I've talked about that quite a bit. I at least probably have a couple episodes about love bombing. And one of the key components of love bombing is that they're going to get a lot of information from you right up front and also give you some information about themselves, probably less information than they're giving you. And what they do give you may or may not be true, But a lot of times they're gonna talk, they're gonna give you a sob story about an ex. Maybe their ex partner left them and took the kids, quote unquote, right? Or left into this or left into that. And this happened and that happened, right? And so my abuser right up front was giving me information about their past relationships and really what they had done in those relationships, but twisting and turning it to make it, of course, look like the other ex, the ex was crazy. The ex-wife did this. She was crazy. The ex-wife, whatever. But essentially, they were giving me information saying I drove this person so crazy. I'm going to use the word crazy, even though I don't believe for one second that that person was crazy. I think she was just like I was, nervous system wrecked, having been abused, CPTSD, whatever. And every choice that she made at that time was to escape from a violent, aggressive. Physically dangerous, but not just physically dangerous person, right? But everything that they were saying was actually telling me this is what's going to happen to you. I'm going to drive you crazy. You're going to act just like she did. It's going to look a little different, but you're going to end up running for dear life and clamoring for whatever you can find so that you can escape me as well. And you're going to look crazy. Everyone else who I tell, oh, she went and lived in her car, or oh, she went and like just disappeared off the map and just like, whatever, she's crazy. When in reality, again, it's just a person trying to survive after abuse, right? So that's what we know up front um, can happen. Another thing that can happen is an abusive person can maintain a story. And I'm going to talk about a couple examples of that. um, For months or years, and then maybe they drop a little nugget of information where you're like, oh my gosh, this was calculated, right? And I was lucky enough, I'm going to say lucky, I was lucky enough to have been given those kinds of nuggets of information, right? The things that they were giving me in the beginning, um, another thing that I have on here is that they told me like really early on that they get sick of relationships very early. And then of course, thats they were saying, after I love bomb you, I'm going to change. It's going to be great for a little bit and then I'm going to quote unquote, I get sick of it which means I'm going to change. It's going to be hard for me to have sex. It's going to be hard for me to connect. It's going to be hard for me, whatever. And it sucks because a lot of times that's what happens with um, avoidant people as well. But the avoidant person hopefully isn't abusing you too, right? So basically they're giving you this little bit of information. This is my pattern. This is what I'm going to do too. But without so much as saying in a couple of weeks, I'm going to drop you like a sack of potatoes. I'm going to treat you like absolute shit. You're going to feel useless. You're going to be groveling. You're going to be trying to figure out What went wrong? What changed? Why you fell from the pedestal that I put you on? Um, And in reality, I'm not actually that person. I'm abusive, right? They don't say that. So anyway, fast forward, we're talking, I have broken up with this person and I still lived with them for a little bit, but we broke up and i had left the house but they were still showing up and in order to keep me and my son safe i was letting them come to the house after he was asleep and we would calmly for a little while watch a movie i think i talked about this in an episode recently and just like have time together where they were essentially acting like they were trying to have a calm healthy like reconnection with me to like maybe eventually get back together but i was without the knowing being like i'm going to do this i'm going to allow this until I get on a plane with my one-way ticket to my mom's house and don't come back until you, like I had 17 different things planned in place, which they didn't know. So that was happening. And during that time, they would say things to me that were counter, you know, contradictory to the things that they said in the beginning. So I'll give you an example In the beginning, after the first night we hung out, which if you have never heard that, I do a whole episode called reframing the first night or reframing the first date, where I pretty much step by step explain to you kind of what, and again, I give my example, but it applies to yours as well, probably the love bombing in the beginning, the first night we hung out, the hot and heavy, passionate, meant to be, fate, I can't believe this fell together so beautifully, all of that stuff, how it was actually quite calculated, right? So I have a whole episode about that. So go back and listen to that if you want to. Um, But two and a half years later, you know, I can vividly remember cleaning the kitchen at the house where I was staying. And they said to me, after saying in the beginning, I can't believe I never noticed you. I can't believe all this time at the gym. I never really thought about you in this way. I never thought that we would be attracted to each other or i never thought you were attractive right i never thought you were attractive because i just never noticed you and then two and a half years later when i'm cleaning the kitchen you know n- days away from escaping this person for good and going no contact and being across the country from them they said i remember always seeing you walking around town alone with your son he was in a stroller you'd be pushing him around you were on a walk and you were always so lonely I remember seeing you at the gym with your son, and your husband was never there, and you were always so lonely. So, the point of that story is you might already know, right? This person was watching me, this person was observing my behavior. Did I look happy? You know, was my husband around? Was I in a healthy relationship? Was this one gonna be easy to gain access to or not worth trying because, wow, that's a really solid, healthy relationship? On to the next, right? where can I get in? Where's the weak spot? Where's my, you know, where's my moment to seize where this person is so lonely and so alone and hurting that I can get in there and this can be my next victim. And who knows how long they were watching me, right? I can remember when they started talking to my son at the gym and coming over and, you know, getting buddy-buddy with my son, knowing that, again, remember I was lonely, I was alone, that I would probably like that there was someone in this world who was giving my son attention, right? So they tell on themselves. Maybe not right away, but eventually they will probably say something to you that, again, is an aha moment where you're like, yeah. Another thing they said to me was that when they first came to my house, um, when my dog passed away, which, by the way, was the weak spot, the moment where I hit rock bottom and they were like, there it is. I'm going to make my move. Sounds nice, right? If someone ever makes a move on you when you're rock bottom, that's a mega red flag, okay? That is something to not even entertain. If someone makes a move on you when you're rock bottom, run for the hills because that person is predatory and they will masquerade as someone who's so caring, who just wants to be there for you, but an actual healthy, caring person will be there for you while also giving you space to heal and not feeling like they need to fix you or heal you or whatever. And if it naturally comes together later, they got you. They understand that you're a human, that you need to heal. There's a lot going on here. You know, you can't save another person. And a lot of people will argue with me on that one, but that is not a good sign, right? So anyway, they said to me, when I first came over, I saw your house and your house was a wreck it seemed like you were so run down and you were so tired and you were all alone with your child and i could just tell that you just you needed help okay so again those two things those two things same thing signified i was watching you i was observing you i came into your home to help take care of your dog that had died and looked at you holding your baby your house was not clean I could tell you were lonely. Obviously, you were sad. I came in then, without too much as saying it, and I started helping you clean. And I started helping you make lunches. And I started helping you do all the things that every single mom probably struggles with when their baby is little. He was 16 months old. When you have a 16-month-old, or especially if you have two kids or me, I had a 16-month-old and three dogs, which therein you see the problem. I couldn't take care of the dogs. A bad thing happened. I haven't really talked publicly about how that happened, um, but it was horrific. And, um, you know, every, I don't know that many moms who by themselves are gonna have a squeaky clean house and tick off all the things on their checklist that they need to do perfectly every day. You're probably eating standing up. You're probably, sometimes you're wearing the clothes you wore yesterday, whatever, all kinds of stuff, right? Because you're like, I can remember being very happy and loving just savoring those moments with my child and also struggling. Cause I was alone and it can be really hard, right? Not so much that I was like, I need a partner who's going to come and help me with all this stuff, but just like, yeah, this is a lot to juggle, right? And so my point in all of that is again, that these people will give you nuggets of information and when they give them to you, they may or may not make sense. They may or may not click as an aha moment. Like I said, those two nuggets clicked because here was this person Trying to masquerade again as I'm going to change. It's going to be calmer. Let's reconnect so you can come back home. This will all work out. I can't live without the dog. I can't live without the kid. You see what I said there? Those two little tiny creatures were being used as pawns to guilt me because it worked in the past. I've talked about this before. Um, Blah, 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 right? And also not realizing that I now had loads of information to understand what manipulation and guilt tripping and Love bombing and you know stonewalling and all the words that we use when we talk about covert abuse and coercive control. That I now understood that and what it looked like. So when they were saying those things, yeah, I remember seeing you like all of that stuff. That I was going, okay, I see this. I understand what's happening here. You're giving yourself away. Everything that they were saying and doing. My now educated brain was going click click click. I understand. I understand. I understand. Versus that brain fog that you have. Like I said, in the beginning, I was being love-bombed. I was on a hormonal, oxytocin, serotonin, whatever, I don't know, high. I was so just, and I was drinking, right? And so I was not thinking clearly. So all the things that were saying that were mega red flags were being misunderstood or missed or whatever. I do want to also say, I just thought of something. Oh no, I think I lost it. Boo. Um, oh no. I thought of something that I was going to add about why people do that. And I can't even remember what I said again. I apologize. The ADHD is wild. I'll go ahead and start wrapping this up. Cause I do have to work, um, in an interpreting job here in a couple minutes. If I think of it before I shut this down, um, I'll do that. If not, I'll make a little video about it on social media. And we'll talk about why these people might do that thing, that whatever I was talking about. Um, if you're watching me on YouTube, you probably saw my face light up and I was like, yeah, I got to talk about that. And then I finished my sentence and it's gone. So anyway, Um, thank you so much for listening. I hope this is helpful. Um, again, this is like some really unfortunate stuff that happens. It's, it's really yucky. Um, it's really hard to understand why you're going through it. Um, but very important, I think to our healing, I think it's very important to understand these tactics and how they work and how they work on us and what they look like, because that has been a huge, uh, part of my healing. And being able to share and educate others about this kind of thing is really important to me and has been really healing for me. So I hope that this is helpful to you or anyone around you who might need it. Um, I am a trauma recovery coach. Um, I do offer coaching. I have one-on-one coaching. I do 30 and 60 minute sessions. And I also have group coaching that happens once a month. Um, I've got another one coming up here in December. So please check that out if that's something that you might be interested in. If you like this podcast, wherever you're listening, please rate, review, subscribe. It really helps to get it into the ears of the people who need it the most. Um, and that's all I care about. Um, like I said, this is a tiny little podcast and I just, it's one of those things where you never know who's going to have an aha moment and hear what they needed to hear to to unlock that next level of healing. Um, so yes, I definitely appreciate that. That's all for today. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to recall what I was going to say. So I'll listen to this later. And if I remember, I'll share it somewhere else. Um, but again, thanks for listening. Go do something nice for yourself, go drink some water, and I'll be back next week with more.